0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Blood Ties. I'm your host, Ben Brashears. Um, Today we're going to be talking about Roderick Justin Farrell and the Wendorf murders, or the Vampire Clan murders, whichever you prefer. Now, Rod Farrell is kind of the one of the goth community's deep dark secrets that they don't want you to know about because as a whole being part of the goth community i can say that they are some of the most accepting people because being considered being considered weirdos and outcasts um by almost necessary reasons they're pretty accepting of pretty much everyone and they're very non-violent um rod farrell is not that that's not the case with him he's he was very violent um so roderick justin rod farrell was born March 28th, 1980. Um, Rock grew up in Murray, Kentucky, and spent most of his time as somewhat of a loner and didn't fit in with normal society, because, again, he's a weirdo by society's standards. I mean, he is just kind of a weirdo, but that's neither here nor there. Um, He had been forced to move several times between Eustis, Florida, and his home of Murray, Kentucky, which could have contributed to him being an outsider, since he didn't have any roots to make any, like, real friends. So, Rod was predominantly raised by his mother, Sandra Gibson. And Rod never really knew his father, and in fact only met him for the first time when he testified at his trial, where he wouldn't even, like, look at Rod or use his name. He just called him The Child. And his mother said that this was like the only time that Rod even cried during his trial was when his dad was being a cunt. Um, so his mother met Rick Farrell back in high school where they shared the same homeroom because that's what you, all you need to create life. You just have to meet in school and be in the same homeroom and boom, you can have a kid. Um, the two of them dated for about a year and a half when Sondra became pregnant with Rod. And the two of them married, but the marriage was short-lived and Rick would split, leaving Sondra to raise their son. So she would remarry several times, and Sondra ran with a pretty rough, rough crowd and would often leave Rod with her parents while she would go party. Which, Okay you can leave your kid and be like, hey, mom, can you watch my kid for the weekend? I want to get away and just have some fun. But that's not what she was doing. She was, like, just dumping him on them all the time. And they're like, yo, like, we raised you already. We're not looking to raise another kid. Take care of your fucking kid. And Sandra wasn't having any of that. And whenever her father would confront her about doing this... She would threaten to have some, someone, uh, like a member of her drug, a member of her drug group, kill him. So she's super cool, and to add on to her coolness, she was also on probation in Kentucky for trying to entice a fourteen-year-old boy into sexual acts. So, like while performing some sort of ritual so she could become a vampire herself so she's super stable anyway she's totally fit to raise a kid honestly rod probably would have turned out way better if his grandparents had raised him but alas these are the cards he was dealt um so sandra uprooted rod and like which at this point it doesn't really matter that she's moving back and forth, because he's still a baby, right? Um, so she moved to Eustace, and, like, I guess Rod got into his teens at this point. Um, because during his time in Eustace, Rod would immerse himself, probably as an escape from this shit life, um rod would immerse himself in a tabletop role-playing game called vampire the masquerade which much like its predecessor though very different and the two games aren't connected at all vampire the masquerade operated like Dungeons and dragons or pathfinder you know um the players would create unique characters and they would embark on fanciful adventures um from what i understand like vampire the masquerade is more of a political thing and it's less adventure but like i guess the clans like there are different clans of vampires and they have to meet like a town council and it's a whole thing like i've been interested in playing it but again i have a sane mind on me so um but the players would create their own characters and embark on adventures for rod however this was more than a game and visago was much more than a character he created rod was convinced that he was the 500 year old vampire named visago so rod would drop out of high school in eustis florida and re-enroll once they moved back to murray kentucky because his mom's always on the move i think paul mccartney and wings were singing about her being on the run and not a band but anyway um so upon moving back to murray kentucky rod was introduced to the Vampiric lifestyle by a boy a few years older than him named jaden murphy now, despite just being a few years older than him, because like Jaden was a senior and Rod, I think I think at this point was like a sophomore, because I think Rod was fifteen or sixteen, and then Jaden was like eighteen. So, despite just being a few years older than him, Rod viewed him as a father figure. Now, upon meeting Jaden at school, the other kids were, like, trying to get Jaden and Rod to fight, because up until Rod's moved back, um, Jaden was the only kid in his high school with a dark, goth aesthetic, and so, like, that was his thing, and then here comes this 15, 16-year-old kid, um who's, like, super gothed out. And Rod would describe it as the freak way of life. He goes, we dress in trench coats and combat boots. And, like, so, before he moved back and met Jaden, I guess he was super into the occult already, and, like, he already thought he was a vampire. But, um... He was super into the occult, and he had, like, a copy of the Necronomicon and the Satanic Bible that he would read, like, constantly, and I guess his room, he said was, his room was an array of the dark side, and so, like, he would have, like, his walls, like, black or something, and chains hanging from the ceiling, and he had, like, broken glass in the corner of the room, which was a weird thing, but okay but anyway so that's that's who we're dealing with which if you're into dark shit like I was into macabre stuff also as a teenager and like I really have been fascinated I guess with serial killers like in a morbid way not like I want to study them so I can go out and do it Um, just FYI, I'm not going to kill anybody. I just like to report on it. Um, but I always found the psychology of serial killers kind of interesting in a morbid way. And so I was into the macabre. And so I get that. But when you think you're a 500 500 year old vampire, maybe you're taking a little bit far, Right. Um, and as you'll find out that Rod takes it way too fucking far. So, despite people trying to get Jaden and Rod to fight, Rod and Jaden begin to form a friendship, and Jaden would eventually sire Rod, and in his eyes would make Rod officially a vampire. Um, they would do this one evening by going to the Salem, Cene- the Salem C- Cemetery. I can't Try saying that five times fast. Salem Cemetery. Okay, they would go to the Salem Cemetery and would gather underneath the tree, because apparently that's where all the vampires are made, is underneath this tree in the cemetery. Um, and that's where Rod would make his transformation and cross over, which is what it's called when you become a vampire, is crossing over. Um, this was done... By Jaden taking out his blade, which I find amusing that they have to use a blade to get blood to come out to drink it. As opposed to just biting somebody, because that's what vampires do. Um, But that's not what they did. Jaden took out his blade and had Rod slice three slits in his arm, like, horizontally and would then drink from him and then jaden would do the same thing and make three slits in his own arm and have rod drink from him because apparently according to vampire lore that's how vampires are made is the victim or the vampire has to drink the victim's blood and then the va- and then the victim has to drink the vampire's blood and that's when they become a vampire themselves so that's where we're at. Um, Rod had said that like after this the two of them just sat down in silence and meditated for a few hours. Um Jane would also invite Rod to become part of his vampire family that he ran. Um, so he was kind of like the head guy and he's like, Hey, do you want to like be part of my family? Or and they had this like random house that they lived in and like the basement was like red, like the walls were painted red, and like there's a the thing that said the underground on one of the walls. And this is where they would commune. And uh, I guess Jaden's vampire family were also super into Vampire the Masquerade, and they would LARP or live action role play. And just act out everything that's going on in the game, which again sounds super fun, except for the whole cutting yourself to have people feed on you. But anyway, so this friendship wouldn't last for very long though, because one day Rod, Jaden, and the rest of their vampire family were out walking around when Rod saw a kitten and decided to pick it up and start petting it, which. I like kitties, too. I'll pet them, too. Um, Everything was going good until the cat clawed Rod. Now, trigger warning for the squeamish, because Rod's going to fuck this cat up. So just skip over a few seconds if you don't want to hear about that. But, so the 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 cat clawed Rod, and Rod then turned the cat over on his back and called out to Jaden see that tree and then he threw the cat at the base of the tree and broke its spinal cord and killed it now in an interview Jaden says that it was like a split second thing and he didn't have time to stop Rod from doing what he was going to do cause it was just like see that tree bam bam and he would say that this was the first sign of rod like really slipping from reality which rod doesn't have a great grip on reality in the first place because again he thinks he's a 500 year old vampire that he made up um but that's neither here there which again i'm not shitting on people who want to identify as a vampire like if you're down and even if you want to drink somebody's blood if it's consensual like you do you be a vampire i don't give a fuck but rod's taking this way too seriously that's my whole point but this would be the end of his friendship with jaden and the rest of the vampire family because they're like hey you kill cats i don't want any part of you like get the fuck out so at this point like That pissed Rod off because he got kicked out of the vampire family. So it's at this point that Rod decides that he's going to form his own vampire clan. And that's literally what he calls it. Which, that's not super creative, but okay. Um, And he goes and gathers Howard Scott Anderson, Charity Kesey, and a girl named Dana Cooper. And all of them were from broken homes. Now, I don't know much about Dana and charity but apparently like scott came from a family where his dad was a piece of shit drunk and would just beat the shit of his mom all the time so that's where scott's coming from so now he has his own group which he's the leader of and everything seems to be going well and for a time he seems happy until, big surprise, Sondra decides that she's going to up and move them back to Eustis, Florida, yet again. Um, because, apparently, that's where her new boyfriend is. So, uprooted once again, and back in Eustis, he meets Heather Windorf. So, he apparently liked Heather, and was just super infatuated with her, like upon like first meeting her and she was 15 at the time but like he was 16 so it was cool um so they develop a relationship and start dating or whatever and he's going to make her a part of his vampire clan cause apparently that's what she wants to do is to have him make her a vampire and have him, like, take her back to Murray, Kentucky to be with his new vampire clan. So, but apparently, like, his mom and her boyfriend broke up, so he gets uprooted from his own relationship and gets tossed back into Murray, Kentucky again. So he's back in Kentucky now, and he still keeps in touch with Heather through letters and phone calls because it's 1995 or 6, and email and Facebook and Twitter don't exist. Like, the internet barely exists if it does. I'm pretty sure it does at this point, but, like, barely. There's some forums, you can go on Yahoo Messenger and do some research, but that's about it. So, it's not what the internet is today. So for six months, he's back in Murray, Kentucky. And apparently during these phone calls with Heather, which are super extensive, like he'd stay on the phone with her for like eight hours. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, but Heather starts describing how awful and abusive her parents are, and she would write letters to him Saying shit like, my life is hell and I wish someone just murdered my parents. So, Rod, being the big dick vampire pimp he is, reads too much into this and decides that he's going to go to Eustace and pick Heather up and save his damsel in distress. So, on November 1996, Rod, Charity, Scott, and Dana get into Scott's parents' car and drive to Eustis, Florida from Murray, Kentucky, to pick up Heather to induct her into the Vampire Clan. Which had to do, you know, with the crossing over ceremony, which he apparently took from Jaden, that whole, you know, drinking the blood thing. So she has to be with him for her to become a vampire. So, now, according to Rod, they weren't going to Eustace to even kill Heather's parents. They were going there to steal her parents' 1993 Ford Explorer, because they had been persecuted by the police, well, mainly Rod, um, saying that Rod was the cause of a string of crimes going around in Murray during that time, which, given circumstances, it's not that hard to believe um which there was this the thing with the kitten where he threw it against the tree and there were witnesses for that um but apparently there was also an animal shelter that was broken into and a lot of the dogs like 30 or 40 dogs were released into a field like just that the shelter had like it was a gated field that they just let the dogs get out and run or whatever um but they were released into a field but then the shelter worker came into work the next day and found that several of the dogs and trigger warning by the way because this is about to get graphic again and you don't want to hear like any stories about harmed animals just skip over this part like 30 seconds or whatever um i don't know but they had mutilated their limbs or they had been mutilated and their limbs had been removed so rot or not make that what you will somebody did something fucked up whether it's rot or not but apparently the police blamed him for it because he's like dark and goth or whatever so they were just like, that's it. And by they, I mean the town of Murray. We're just tired of him and his friends because they were goth or vampires or whatever. And so they were going to pick up Heather from Eustace and then head to Louisiana because apparently there was a bigger vampire scene there. And they were more accepting of that. Which, I think, Interview with a Vampire had come out at this point, which I think was set in Louisiana, so maybe that's why there were more vampires there. Um, But anyway, so again, the plan was never to kill Heather's parents. But they got to the house, and Heather leaves the garage door open, according to Rod. Um, She denies it, but I have a hard time believing that. uh, Just because... I think she had more involvement with her parents' murders than she'll ever admit to. But that's neither here nor there. That's just my opinion. But she leaves the garage door open, according to Rod. And they get to her house, and she comes out and gets in the car. Keep in mind, this is just to get the keys so they can steal the car. But if that was the plan truly then why would Heather not just bring the keys out with her when she comes to meet them? Seems a little fishy, right? Um, Okay, so Rod and Scott exit the car and they go inside through the garage. It was at this point that Rod gets to thinking that, well, if they stop me, um, I'll need something to defend myself because i don't know how big heather's dad is and he says and i quote a grown man could easily take me out and so i needed i needed something to defend myself uh just in case so or it's you know something along those lines so because rod was just a big old bitch and he can't fight he starts looking around the garage for a weapon to defend himself, and he sees an axe. And he looks at it, and he thinks, nah, that's been done before. What the fuck's been done before, Rod? Killing somebody with an axe, that implies motive that you were going in there not to steal the car, but to kill her parents. But he thinks, "No, that's been done before. So he keeps looking around the garage and he sees the chainsaw and he thinks, nah, that's too loud. And then, because that'll draw attention, for sure, if somebody hears like a chainsaw going on in the house and people screaming, it'll just turn into a horror movie. And that doesn't work for actual killings because it draws attention and people will call the police. So that's when he spots a crowbar and he thinks this one's just right because he's goldilocks in the three bears house house at this point um he doesn't actually say he's goldilocks i said that because i have to insert jokes because if i don't then it's just fucking depressing so he sees the crowbar and he picks it up and he walks inside the house now richard windorf her dad was asleep on the couch with the TV blaring so when Rod enters the house Richard doesn't hear him come in so Rod again being the big bitch he is sees that Richard's asleep on the couch and thanks to him if he wakes up then he's probably gonna kick my ass so of course the only rational thing to do in this situation is... For Rod to start beating the shit out of Richard's head with the crowbar. And he fractured his skull. Now, somehow... Richard was still breathing because Rod could like see his chest rising and falling. So he could see that he was still alive. Which... I don't get why it matters because the dude's clearly unconscious... He was asleep when you approached him so he never saw your face so you could have just left it at that but he doesn't so he sees that he's still breathing and he goes well we can't have that and so after taking this beating rod decides to take the pointy end of the crowbar and jam it in Richard's chest, killing him. So apparently before beating Richard to death, though, him and Scott had already been around the house and scoped out everything, so he knew where both the mom and the dad were. So after he did this, the mom, Naomi, was in the shower when they scoped the place out, and she comes out in a bathrobe holding coffee... Or tea, or a hot beverage of some kind. And sees Rod looking all disheveled, and his hair's like all fucked up, and he's covered in blood. And naturally she starts freaking out, because again, he's covered in blood. And she lunges at him, and throws the coffee on him, and grabs him by the neck, and starts trying to strangle him. And just trying to fight him off in general, as she's totally in her right to do, because... Again, this kid who's covered in blood who's a complete stranger in her house. Anyway, Rod at this point still has the crowbar. And he brings it around her body and starts to stab her in the head with it repeatedly, eventually killing her. And He's just like, I wanted her off of me, and so I was just going to keep beating her until she let go. Um, But according to Rod, he said that he was originally going to let her live, but then she tried to fight him, and he had no choice in the matter but to kill her. Which, as far as the mind of a killer goes, I mean, at this point, she's seen his face. And so I would agree while it's fucked up, he killed these elderly people, I would agree that he had to kill her at this point because she saw his face and he had already murdered her husband and she would have called the police and gave a description. So then Heather's sister, Jennifer, comes home from hanging out with her friends um, and quietly tries to sneak inside the house because that's what you do when you're out too late so you don't get grunted you try and sneak in without anybody noticing so she tries to sneak in without waking up her parents so she sneaks she sees her dad on the couch and she sneaks past him because she thinks he's still she thinks he's just asleep um Not knowing that he had just been brutally murdered. But then she goes to the kitchen where she finds her mom dead on the kitchen floor and there's blood everywhere at which point she calls the cops. So when the cops arrive. She starts to talk to them and she actually provides them with Rod Farrell's name. Because she knows that Heather hung out with Rod and that Heather's missing, but she doesn't think that Heather was kidnapped or anything. She thinks that Heather went with Rod, like, voluntarily of her own volition. Um, but she's like, you need to look in this guy because he's kind of sketchy. Um. So Rod, Scott, Heather, Charity, and Dana took the 93 Ford Explorer... drove through four states in four days and wound up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana where they had run out of money. So Charity calls her grandmother who was watching the news because at this point it had become a nationwide manhunt to get these kids. So Charity calls her grandmother and says hey we're out of money and then her grandmother was like, Okay, well, I want you to go to this Howard Johnson, which is like a hotel. Um and she goes, I want you to go to this Howard Johnson, I will wire you some money there. And then when she got off the phone with charity, she calls the police and lets them know where she or where they are, because this grandmother's a fucking pimp also. Unlike Rod, who's not actually a pimp, he's just a fucking dick. Which Pimps are dicks, too, because they beat their horse, but whatever. Um, That's beside the point. I'm using pimp in a cool way this time. So, now they're at the Howard Johnson to get the money from Grandma, and they're hanging out in the lobby when a bunch of police cars roll up outside, and they all get arrested. So, once they're arrested, Rod admits to doing the murders, but says that he's the only one and the others had nothing to do with it. Um, and they didn't know what was going down. And that while well, the murders were taking place, the girls were in the car, and Scott was with him, but he didn't do anything. Um, because I guess the original plan was... Rod was going to go in and take the dad, and Scott was supposed to take out the mom... So it was very clear that their plan is murder and not stealing a vehicle. But once Rod had killed the uh, dad, Richard, Scott was, Rod said, in shock. And so he had to take out the mom too. So Scott didn't do anything, according to Rod. But... For the murders, Rod would receive the death penalty at the time, uh, making him the youngest person in U.S. history to be put on death row. But his sentence would later be commuted to life in prison in the year 2000 because it was found unconstitutional to convict minors to the death penalty. So, Charity Kesey, even though Rod said that all the girls were in the car, was convicted of two or three murders, which I don't get where they're getting three, so probably two. But she was convicted of two or three murders and armed burglary with a deadly weapon and got ten and a half years in this state prison, while Dana Cooper got the same charges and got 17 and a half years because I guess she was 18 at the time. Um, both of the girls are out now. One got out in, like, 2011 and the other in 2013 or something. Um... But yeah, they're both out of prison now. Heather was exonerated of everything and she was able to go three. Go three? She was able to go free. So she moved away from like Eustace, I guess. She moved away, that's the point. Um, She moved away and for a time she started going by Zoe, but people were like, no, you're Heather Wendorf, You're that chick so i guess you just owned up to it and i guess she just owned up to it and she's an artist or something now but she's estranged from the rest of her family because they blame her for the murders because they're her fucking fault um again just my opinion because also where are these letters by the way because if it's a phone call, you can't really, like, there's no evidence that she said that, but if she wrote him letters saying, I want my fucking parents dead, then there is most definitely like, a paper trail of her saying that, and she should have been convicted. But yeah, I would say that it's her fault, because she said in the letters that she want her parents dead. Not to mention she let the garage door open for Rod and Scott to go through to enter the house in the first place. Whether she wants to own up to it or not, I believe, and I'm not the only one, that she did. She let the garage door open, she sent the letters saying she wanted her parents dead. Um, And I guess she would edit her wikipedia page i didn't know this until i was listening to a podcast like about this thing um but she would edit her own wikipedia page because she would say that people were lying about her which why the fuck are you looking at your own wikipedia page whatever um so yeah her family blamed her for her parents being murdered so nobody wanted to take her in because they're probably like well if we take you in you're probably gonna have us killed too so apparently now her and her sister talk so she has that relationship as far as family goes as far as i know but the rest of the family she's still estranged from as for scott anderson he got life in prison but his sentence was later commuted also, and he had to serve 40 years, and he won't be let out until 2032. So, that's—oh, and Rod, before I close this out, is apparently up for his resentencing, and that's going on now, and so I'll keep an eye on that. And then once— something concrete comes out of it i will update you guys on his resentencing and if he's getting out or not because um, he could get time served so like the time that he's already been in there could go towards the time he has left to serve so like if his thing is commuted to 40 years and he's been there for like, what, 20 or something now? I don't know. Probably more than that, honestly. Um, Then he can be out within a few years because of the time served already. But I'll keep an eye on that and update you guys as far as that goes. But that's the story of the Windorf murders and Rod Farrell and his vampire clan. Now, I have a few more stories like this, that I'm going to cover, but again, the goth community as a whole is not dangerous, and they're very accepting and kind, and I just want to put that out there going forward, because I feel like these few murderers give the community as a whole a bad name, and it's not bad. Um, people are already weary because we dress in black and wear dark makeup and shit. Um, so we don't need to have this added like, to the list of reasons why people don't like goth people. So anyway, that is the story of Rod Farrell. And I will keep you guys updated. And I will see you next time.